You are listening to a Nerd Room Podcast, a member of the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Be sure to check out more from the Star Wars Commonwealth on the web at StarWarsCommonwealth.com and take your first steps into a larger world. Hey everyone and welcome to Nerd Room, where we talk all things Star Wars, Marvel, and DC. This is episode number 122, where we're discussing our top 10 Star Wars films, Wonder Woman 84, and revisiting Solo, a Star Wars story. I'm one of your hosts, Tim. I'm Troy. And I'm Sanjay. Gentlemen, we're coming off a very fiery week in fandom. Solo, a Star Wars story is a couple weeks in the rearview mirror, and nerddom, I tell you from my perspective, has never felt better. I had a very exciting day buying very particular tickets for a very particular event later on next year. But we will get into that. Nice. How are you guys doing? Yeah, I'm doing good. You know, my weekend nerd is uh it's been pretty good. Picked up some movies, you know, went to the Calgary Horror Convention. Shout out to them. A lot of fun. Tim, I think you might be a little bit too scared to go to that, but <laughs> uh, maybe next year. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, you know, we should do like a live from the horror con. But no, they were great. Um it's always fun. I wasn't able to make the Calgary Comic and Entertainment Expo because I was sick this year. So it was nice for me to actually go out and enjoy an expo or a con, as you will. So that was my week in nerd. Troy the boy, let's hear yours. Yeah, man. Mine's been uh, pretty quiet. I'm still on this MCU Marvel kick, man. I've gone back. Like All I can say is Hickman, Hickman, Hickman. Jonathan Hickman, Fantastic Four one, uh, the mid-500 series. Right. Man, this thing's crazy. I've never loved the Fantastic Four so much. I think if you go back to our episodes a while ago, I was never really that big on the Fantastic Four coming home. Now mm-hmm. I'm like, give me these guys, the original family of the MCU. Well, the Marvel uh, comic book verse, at least. So, been catching up on the Hickman run and um, pretty quiet. I picked up a Chewbacca from the solo line. Nice. So, nice. it's my first solo or my first uh, Chewie ever for the Black Series. So, nice. that's pretty cool. And um, yeah, man, that's about it. I'm just prepping... For Anakin, because he's coming home in a month. My hot toy Anakin. So <laughs> nice. I'm trying to set that up. So uh, stay tuned for Peak the Nerd Room Part 2, maybe. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> uh, you mentioned Fantastic Four. I don't know if you guys caught this Easter egg. I was watching X-Men 2 the other day. It was on TV. And there's a scene where Mystique is going through some files. I think it's in Charles Xavier's computer. And on the, one of the files is a folder named Franklin Richards. Really? Yeah. Well, so nice I, think, I think maybe if Fantastic Four, like back in the day, was supposed to be a bigger hit, there might have been some crossover at Fox, but yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Nice. That's really nice. cool, man. Well, it sounds like you guys have had a pretty exciting few days and in a great weekend nerd. And what I want to do here, just before I kind of get into mine a little bit, I want to I want to welcome anyone new listening to the podcast. For those of you out there that are tuning in for the first time, welcome to the Nerd Room. We cover everything Star Wars, Marvel, and DC. We do all reviews. We do news. We kind of break it down in a very casual forum here. We look for listener questions. We answer some of those. And we like just to keep a very positive spin on most things. You know, sometimes we do like to dip on, particularly the film reviews, into some critiques but we love fandom. We love all three of those boxes that we fit ourselves into. And you know what? It's all about the positivity here. Because, you know, fandom a little bit, a little bit, has been <laughs> teetering on the edge of chaos, I would have to say. And we're not going to get into that. We don't want to discuss any of the toxicity in and around, particularly Star Wars fandom at this point in time. For once, it's not DC. Yeah. <laughs> but we want to welcome you guys here for all those that are coming to the podcast for the first time. And we always like to kick the week off, just like both of these guys just did going through our week in nerd now that's just 
what we do. This is about the hunt. This is about collecting. This is about immersing yourselves into the culture that we know and love. And that's, again, what this podcast is about. Now, I have to do mine here. I have to do my weekend nerd because I had a very, very exciting day today. It was the day where Star Wars Celebration 2019 Chicago, the tickets went on sale. Now, this was my first time going or first time buying tickets for Star Wars Celebration. It was a very intense experience. The tickets went on sale exactly 12 p.m. Central Standard Time. So I'm sitting on my computer at work. (laughs) Two screens open. I'm texting with my dude, Rob Cass, from over the Roman podcast, TSW Roundtable, TSW Comics. And we're going back and forth. We're saying, okay, if we can get the VIP tickets, which are going for 850 American, we're going to do it. Just pull the trigger on it. We'll kind of, if you can get two, I can get two, whatever. We're going to do it. I'm on there. As soon as it clicks over to noon, it was noon, I guess, or 11 p.m. our time because we're one one, uh, time zone behind. Click nothing. Just sit there in a virtual queue. Virtual queue. (laughs) After about three minutes, I'm in. Nothing. VIP sold out in less than two minutes. Insane. Wow. Insane. But I did pick up my five-day pass for Star Celebration 2019. Super stoked. Ton of people in the Commonwealth picked them up as well. So we're going to have big meetups. Hopefully some of you that out there listening are going to be there. And we can all kind of meet up and have maybe a brew together, talk Star Wars, talk whatever, and just enjoy fandom together. I'm super stoked about what 2019 holds for Star Wars. We had Episode 9, Star Wars Celebration. We had Galaxy's Edge opening. Ooh. So it's it's going to be a big year, 2019. I know I'm looking down. We're only halfway through 2018, and I'm already projecting myself <laughs> to 2019. But this is really the kickoff to 2019 for me because of celebration tickets because they're in the bag i'm super stoked about it guys it's been a great great day <laughs> that's huge this is gonna be a big commonwealth meetup man like that's exciting yeah Dope. yeah i think i counted at least 10 people had purchased tickets 10 podcasters nice wow. had, had purchased tickets so there's almost rogues, rogues going out there yeah rogues are out there Shout Skyhoppers, okay. rob cat like everyone's going it's it's crazy it's gonna be a ton of fun yeah nice yeah well congratulations i mean as i said i went to san diego last year and it's fulfilled a lifelong dream so yeah. you know just enjoy it soak it in you never know when you'll be back so just enjoy every second even those long long lines yes i know <laughs> I, I got i gotta think it out my fine like we had 10 months until this thing hits and this is actually it's, it's nice to hear you say that because it's the same mind frame that my wife had she even said look 850 us is a lot of money but this may be a once-in-a-lifetime thing. Mm-hmm. Like, this is going to be in the build-up to episode nine. Yes. Well, until they invite us, like, next year as Media Pass. Yeah, that'd right? be great. Well, we're still going to apply as Media Pass. We're still, <laughs> we're still, fingers crossed, we can get my dude Troy the boy there. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Just stand on his shoulders, and you guys can be a Wookiee. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Very tall Wookiee. <laughs> I got to say, though, you know, with, with Solo coming or still riding through theaters, it's, it's hit a bit of a bumpy path. We're going to get a bit to the box office discussion again. But the collecting, we're finally starting to see things arrive on shelves. I've seen a glimpse of the three and three quarter inch wave at Walmart. I got my hands on a Range Trooper six inch. Beautiful, gorgeous figure. It's got some soft goods of plastic. The mold looks great. Troy, you got Chewbacca. So we're starting to see finally the solo merchandise hit the shelves. Now we're two weeks removed from the movie's release. <laughs> but it's it's coming, guys. It's here. It's arrived. We're moving into this lull phase in Star Wars, once Solo, and it's probably not going to have a very long run here, maybe another four weeks, once that's out of theaters, we get a big dry spell here. Like, there is resistance coming up, but we're going to have to rely on collecting, really, to hold this over until at least the fall, maybe into early winter. So there's going to be a big kind of 
gap here in Star Wars, it might be a good time for fran- fandom to just relax a little for bit. Sure. For sure. <laughs> let's let's take it down a notch, guys. Just just a little bit. Things are a little uh, heated over there. Eh? They, they are. Twitter kind of exploded over the weekend. It was it was a bit of an awful place to be. Well, wasn't it uh, Kathleen Kennedy's birthday? That something? was one of the things that seeded just some horrendous comments. Yeah, like I, I wish her a happy birthday. Yeah, I know. Me too. I like get out there and <laughs> if you're not if you know what? It's the old adage, right? If you don't have something good to say, don't say anything at all. Right? Like, no one, like, shits on you on your birthday, so don't <laughs> shit on her on her birthday. Exactly. So, and we're not going to get into any of that. I don't wanna even want to bring that type of negativity to the podcast. But it is out there, and we want to make sure that we're kind of counteracting that with our discussions here. <laughs> not, and it doesn't have to always be positive. It just has to be, you know, critical, not insulting, not degrading, not, no bullying or anything like that. That doesn't need to be a part of of stores fandom at all i think it's still a very minor amount of people that are partaking in this but anyways let's get away from that let's talk about some of the things i watched this week netflix all right it's it's become the biggest entertainment property on the planet yeah it's, it has a bigger what is it market stake than disney now wow which is insane how long until we get a netflix amusement park uh <laughs> i don't have original properties but the original properties they are putting out for us to watch are fantastic and we've all watched the toys that made us they just released season two i was watching the lego stuff and mm-hmm. i think transformers was in there yeah and like the star trek star trek yeah that was a really good one as well it's it's really cool to go behind the scenes to see how i don't want to say bad but how <laughs> deprived a lot of people were because we're you were used to a world where Maybe we have some distribution problems, but that most things are kind of just there at your yeah. fingertips. Yeah. And there was a time when there was nothing, right? There, the Star Trek were, there's almost no kind of collecting base and it got really big during the next generation and now it's just kind of there. But it's interesting to go back and see these stories. I also watched the Funko Pop or the Funko Company story. It's a great documentary on Netflix about that, about how that company went from almost nothing, just little bobbleheads. And now is now one of the biggest toy companies on the planet. Like it was like three guys. It was like a dude, his brother and his buddy wow. that started this company. And it's crazy to watch. And because you don't have an appreciation when you see a company like Funko, you can't appreciate how they actually started because you just see them everywhere. Yeah. Like you go to cons, you go to Hot Topic, wherever, Disney store, like they're literally every Old Navy. You yeah. You get a Funko Pop anywhere. Yeah. And you don't have that appreciation with how small and humble the beginnings were. So it's interesting to go back. I love those, you know, made for Netflix documentaries that they're doing now that are focused around collecting. It gets a, it's really hitting that niche, right? It's great stuff. Have you guys checked out any of these? Uh, I saw the toys that made us season one and season two. I've seen a couple episodes, but I haven't seen the Funko Pop one. You know, I'm not really that big into Funko Pop, to be honest with you. I only have a couple. One of them was given to me when I went to the Conan O'Brien taping. Nice. So it's like the Conan O'Brien dressed as Spider-Man. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. But besides that, um, it's just another thing to get into, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, it's a deep, dark path. Definitely. Yeah, you got me down the Steelbook path. So if yeah. I, as soon as I start collecting Funkos, I got Funkos, Steelbooks, movies, comics, action figures. I'm going to be asking you to like sleep on your couch because I'm going to be poor. So uh... And divorced. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I got to stay away from that one. How about you, Troy? Did you check any of these? 
Um, yeah, season one, I believe I saw the Star Wars one. That's yeah. that's pretty cool. That's great. Yeah. That's great. Um, with the Kinner line and all that kind of stuff. That was cool. Uh, I'm with you, though. Funko, I got uh, the one Spidey from you, which is awesome. Yeah. The Homecoming, which is all I need. No, kind of like a uh, drug dealer in toys. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like, hey, what do you need? What do you got? I he got has this. like a trench coat and he opens it up and the Funkos are just yeah. like hanging there. He's got this hot <laughs> the topic series over here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just some tear pants and then he has Marvel Legends underneath. Steel books on my back. The first one's always free, guys. But yeah, I no, no, I, I've stayed away. I, oh, I got a Ryu from Street Fighter as well. Yeah. So I nice. just got two Funkos and I'm done. Yeah. yeah. Probably probably a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> good. I've really slowed down here. But I still I like to get the exclusive and all that. And that's one thing I'm looking forward to at Celebration 2019. Yeah. 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 Is there a George Lucas Funko? I'm sure there is. Must be. There, there must be. be. Because I did see there's a Stan Lee Build-A-Figure yeah. coming out. I did really? Killmonger. I think I saw Killmonger in the background. Yeah. I think it's the one with the mask off with the yeah. metal B face. So. Yeah, well, nice. we're going to start to see some of those releases coming up here at San Diego Comic-Con. Kind of as we build into this lull in Star Wars and this lull really in news. Because it's been a fairly quiet week this week. Yeah. But it's because con season is about to begin. Mm-hmm. You know, we get a few big ones coming up here. And then in July, mid-July, San Diego Comic-Con hits. And that's usually when we get the release of a lot of novels, comics, action figures. Yeah. Not so much on the trailer side. Hopefully we see an Aquaman trailer. Fingers we crossed. Have we, we have, have to. to. WB normally likes to put their trailers yes. yeah least, and yeah. you know everyone's been bringing stuff aquaman's only going to be like what four months away five months away now yeah. yeah so yeah we need to see something and we're starting to see some of the trickle out of the exclusives and it looks like stores is going to have a fantastic exclusive in a three and three quarter inch three pack we're going to get dr afra bt and triple zero cool. on the vintage nice. card back it looks gorgeous absolutely gorgeous nice my dude rob cast is already committed to if he can get one <laughs> same way he got me the luke skywalker vintage black series right yeah one of the hardest figures to get he's gonna pick this up for me so shout out to to rob cast make sure to go check out his podcast roman podcast check him out on tsw comics <laughs> and tsw roundtable big pump there but he's my dude awesome guy go check him out yeah and good luck trying to get those exclusives <laughs> yeah i think i when i went i maybe i can't remember if i even got any to be honest with you because they kind of just sold out like that. We got the cyborg, right? I got the cyborg because you uh, with Mattel. Is it Mattel or yeah, Mattel, yeah. yeah. Mattel? You can pre-order, and yeah. then so you just go and pick it up before the convention even starts. Oh, okay. Which is kind of nice, but yeah, that's the one exclusive I got. Nice, nice. Well, you know, it's it's been a bit of a chaotic week, I think, for all of us. We were kind of again gearing down for for the big lull that's coming, but before we get into kind of the relatively quiet news week that we've had and as we build into actually ranking for not so much the first time but maybe putting down a solid list of our top 10 star wars films i just want to do a little bit of housekeeping on the podcast we pushed some of the stuff because we've done quite a few reviews over the last few weeks catching up on some news in between those big reviews but one thing i just wanted to shout out was podbean they're our podcast host site and we are their featured podcast and site of the week so if you go to Podbean, the homepage, browse all podcasts, we are there right up at the front. So I want to thank Podbean for selecting us to be a featured podcast. We've seen great results, great turnaround already from the Monday, Tuesday being at the top list there. So it's it's really great, really fantastic that they take podcasts, even a small podcast like us, and kind of give us a little bit of a promo push. So I want to thank them very much for that. And Podbean has been absolutely fantastic to us over the last almost three years We've been with Podbean ever since you signed up originally. You're the one that directed me to them to actually sign us up for for an account there. And they've been nothing but great. So big shout out to Podbean. You can catch all our podcasts over there. Our podcast players are linked directly to Podbean as well. 
What do you guys think about being the featured podcast on Podbean? Oh, it's great. Shout out to Podbean, man. Thanks a lot. You know, this is uh, this platform has just been uh, great. Uh, always a good time. And uh, I'm just so grateful to uh, not be editing these podcasts. You know, <laughs> yeah. When I think of Podbean, I think of the, like, the two or three times I've edited a podcast and I get to that screen and I'm like terrified so uh thanks to tim for editing yeah. these uh, podcasts and thanks for podbean for giving us that platform that's yeah. all i got to say about that <laughs> yeah like this is the most famous i've ever been so i think it's gonna go to my head now like yeah. i already asked him for a bigger dressing room like yeah. nicer chairs Trailer. yeah i need like recliners that like with the bluetooth headset so i can just lie down when i do these podcasts yeah he's a real, a real diva over here oh yeah <laughs> i'm gonna get like a robe like the rick flair robe and wear that in here nice <laughs> <Woo>! <laughs> and one other thing i want to mention about the podcast itself is you can now find us on iHeartRadio. We've been uploaded to there and accepted as a podcast on that platform. So if you're an iHeartRadio listener, you can just search through the podcast and find the Nerd Room there and listen directly from that app as well. Sweet. And continuing with the shout-outs, we've got to give a big shout-out to our dude, Rob Way, the new owner and the man helming Talk Star Wars going forward here. He recently took over from Mark Godsiff. Shout-out to Mark. He stepped aside, and Rob Wade has filled those shoes. But he's also an owner of Emotionally 14, which is, again, a very geek and nerd-focused platform. They do quite a few podcasts, including The Crazy Train, YouTube videos, all sorts of stuff. But they also do an endorsement program, and we are are endorsed under the e14 banner as the nerd room so he kind of puts us out there promotes us so make sure you go check out everything rob does rob wade vision on twitter and emotionally 14 on twitter as well everything he's doing over there all the really cool stuff that they are putting up on the site so again thank you to him and a big shout out for and congratulations for taking over tsw Good stuff, Rob Wade. Yeah, keep it coming. Yeah, and one last item of business for this week is we got we got something special to do here, something we've never actually done on the podcast. So the Nerd Room is part of a much bigger organization, a much bigger conglomerate of podcasts. We're on the Stars Commonwealth Podcast Network, so there's nine of us at this point. Make sure to check them out just in the show notes. You can see all of them down there who, who is part of the Stars Commonwealth. And it's a really great group of podcasts. There's a really great group of listeners and a really great group of Star Wars fans. Everyone is always thrown into the mix here on Twitter. It's a lot of fun, so get involved in that. But one thing that we do in the Commonwealth is we do something called knighting. So we take a listener, someone that is proactively involved, is a big part of an individual show, whether that's interacting on Twitter, submitting questions, whatever, just a big part, an extra part of your podcast. And there's someone in particular here that we are going to welcome as the first Nerd Room knighted listener and someone that will be joining a much larger group of Knights of the Commonwealth. And we want to officially knight Grabs. Yeah, yeah. Grabs. Grabs yeah. has been a big part of the podcast over the last few months. He interacted with us first on Twitter, started submitting questions, and now he's got his weekly segment yeah. where he submits a question every week. And he's got a big one this week with regards to Solo. But we just want to recognize him for all of his contributions to the show, how he makes the show better. And this is our, our way of thanking him. So, Grabs, welcome to the Star Wars Commonwealth. Welcome as a Knight of the Commonwealth. You will see your picture put up on the StarWarsCommonwealth.com website. Wow. And you will now carry the title of Knight of the Commonwealth. So, nice. congratulations and welcome. 
Nice. Yeah, Jedi Master Grabs. Yes. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Grabs. I mean, keep the questions coming. Do we have to call him Sir Grabs now? Yes, we do. Yeah? Yes, we do. Sir yeah. Grabs. Sir Grabs, yeah. <laughs> there it is. That, that sounds almost inappropriate. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, we're very pleased every week to have Grabs as part of the podcast, submitting those questions. And again, just congratulations and welcome. You, you're, like I said, you make this show better. And we look forward to continue to grow. And hopefully, hopefully, fingers crossed, I'm going to see you at Star Wars Celebration 2019 because I believe you're not too, too far away from there. So it'd be awesome if we could do a meetup, grab a few beers, talk Star Wars, and really kind of get together with this bigger group of of Star Wars fans. I, I can't wait. Oh, that'd be awesome. You get to meet Sir Grabs in person. Sir Grabs. So <laughs> there it is, Night of the Commonwealth. And with that being said, it's time to jump into the news. Now, fairly light news week. This isn't going to take us too, too long to get through, but we're going to kick it off here with some Marvel news. Now, Infinity War is closing in on $2 billion globally, which is quite a feat. It will be the first or could be the first film set in summertime or at least in summertime to hit that mark. All the three films that have done that have all been released in that December time frame. Now, it currently sits with a worldwide haul of $1.966 billion dollars impressive yeah it's the largest comic book movie of all time worldwide is kind of really honing in on black panther it should grab it just maybe just maybe it'll overtake black panther by the end of its run but pretty impressive haul very deserving of this and i have to say what's next avengers 4 will it top it who knows (laughs) at this point never bet against disney nope Uh, well Marvel. Never bet against Marvel. Yeah, I was gonna say I bet for Star Wars, and I probably shouldn't have last time. But uh, uh, yeah, it's pretty impressive. Um, ne- what's next? Ant Man and the Wasp. Ant-Man I mean, I, Wasp, I feel like Ant Man and the Wasp. You know, all these MCU films this year are getting bigger and bigger. So Ant Man and the Wasp, five hundred, six hundred million domestic. I, I feel it. You know, it has nothing <laughs> to do with I take of me taking it in our box office uh, fantasy draft. I honestly think Ant Man and the Wasp, five six hundred mil easily. Yeah, we'll see well, you got that one <laughs> yeah nice okay yeah. you were right on black panther though i yeah i mean i i passed on black panther yeah you you were one of the only ones that had the foresight to say it will be bigger oh, than yeah. avengers that's <laughs> right i did say that and you know it's it's crazy because i probably when i said it i probably was like oh no that's stupid but i just went with it and yeah. now it look i look like a genius so. yeah you look like one of them genesis yes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but avengers 4 is coming at us next may may 2019 so another big year for disney with yeah. avengers 4 episode 9 and then a whole bunch of other films as well but the first concept art seemingly has leaked online now i'm taking this from comicbookmovie.com and screen rant is an image it looks legit. It hasn't been officially released by Marvel Studios, but it does look like it's the first look at our heroes that remain post-Avengers Infinity War. It's a pretty cool image, so go check it out there. Maybe I'll retweet it after the podcast, just so you guys have can have a look at it. But it does contain... Now, spoilers for Avengers 4. I feel like... I mean, you just said it made $2 billion, so, you know... There's Everyone like, should have seen it. There's but. 30 people left on some t- tiny like Pacific Island yeah, nation that hasn't seen, seen it, it yet. Yeah. Yeah. And they're streaming it right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the, the image itself has Thor, Nebula, Captain Marvel, Iron Man, Rocket Raccoon, Black Widow, Hulk, Captain America, Hawkeye, Ant-Man, and a really big war machine. <laughs> this looks pretty cool, does it not? 
Like when you look at Hulk, he's got some sort of suit on, which looks a little weird. Black Widow's black back with the, the red hair. Captain Marvel aligned with this crew of heroes for the first time. Pretty incredible sight. We've got what seems to be our first sighting of Jeremy Renner's Hawkeye. Yeah. In a post-Civil War universe. <laughs> so what do, you, what do you guys think about this? Uh, yeah, the thing I take from it is, my, is this an Ant-Man spoiler? Because Ant-Man's there, but where's the Wasp? Yeah, good point. Um, I mean, we all know that's going to be the post credit scene, right? So, well, so one piece on that, spoilers for Avengers 4, Avengers Lily said she had a really small part in Avengers 4. Now, that could be right at the end mm-hmm. yeah. where she comes back. Right, right. 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 But you might be right. Are we going to see Evangeline Lilly's Wasp, Hope Van Dyne, disappear at the end of Ant-Man and the Wasp? Yeah. Oof. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. And and the thing with the Hulk. So he, Hulk kind of has like a, a suit on, like a space suit kind of. Yeah. I'm wondering if they're going to like have the Hulk, but have Bruce Banner's brain, much like they did. I think it was the Onslaught series where, you know, Hulk... You know, he was like brute. He had the strength. He had like the fighting skills, but he had Bruce Banner's brain, so he could like reason and he could like do. He was more tactical. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's what they need in order to defeat Thanos, and that's why maybe like some Iron Man will come up with a way to like Hulk him, but like keep his brain. I don't right. know. They they really seem to be leaning on that a bit in Infinity War, if I'm not wrong. Yeah, yeah. like this idea about hulk not wanting to come out and banner trying to force him out and this melding of minds you got a little bit of that from thor ragnarok yeah with the intelligent hulk now it seems like i agree that they're probably going in that direction yeah where they have hulk with banner's brain so they're of one body and of one mind type yeah. thing so yeah no no it's cool it's cool photos I, when i saw it the resolution was a little weird but um i'm glad to see cap kind of donning more of the uh, original cap suit slightly i mean it still looks like the nomad one but we got like the full star Mm-hmm. I believe in his chest at least, which looks kind of cool. Hawkeye looks awesome. Ronan? Um, yeah, I think they're going that route. Yeah. I think so. Again, going back to uh, the Hulk costume, I really like it. It reminds me of the Marvel Now, where he had like the purple robotic suit on, even though this is more spandex yeah. looking. Uh, it's, it's just really cool to see like the classic Avengers from Avengers 1, but like redone. like They're done up for uh, one last hurrah. Yeah, it, it shows like. a yeah. big evolution in those characters. Big evolution, yeah, big time. So it's cool. And then obviously Captain Marvel being in the mix there. I yeah. mean, this is, uh, man, I'm, I'm excited. I'm, like I said, I'm still in this MCU's phase right now and I'm just, ah, oh, I'm just wanting more content. So I can't wait for this film. Yeah, I, I'm I'm super stoked about this. This being the first leaked image, like I said, it looks pretty legit. Mm-hmm. I've got some questions here. Does this time jump? Are we five years in the future? Eight years? Something like that. Right. Like, are we seeing like we had talked about in kind of our build to infinity war and our speculation on Avengers four, is there going to be a big time jump? Are we seeing them kind of hone down the original Avengers, the original six Avengers with the six infinity stones? I yeah. don't know if that's coincident or yeah. not, but are we going to see some sort of big gap, big jump where it's not going to be picking up right after. So the world has gone on as is with half the amount of people on it. And the Avengers are working their way through how to rectify that, how to defeat Thanos and how to reverse what he did. Now, I don't think it's going to be as simple as time stone, boop, boop, yeah. boop, we're all done. Too easy, too simple. Mm-hmm. Let's watch Captain Marvel. Let's watch Ant-Man and the Wasp. We're going to start to get some real clues, I think, as to how they're going to actually defeat Thanos and where this movie is going to point at. So we've only got a month and a half to Ant-Man and the Wasp. Yeah. That's going to be our first indication, I think, as to what's going to happen. Maybe focus a bit more around the quantum realm. So we will see. But it's exciting to see something drop. Like they're going to continue this momentum. We've got Ammon and the Wasp in July. And then I don't think we have anything until, what, next March? March. And, yeah, and I think even for Marvel films in general, the only other one is Venom this year. Yeah. 
But that, that's a big hiatus. You look at the last six months. Yeah. Even the last nine months, if you include Spider-Man Homecoming, like we've got four films there and now we're going to have a humongous lull. Actually, we, we got my movie uh, Into the Spider-Verse. I got to oh, pop yes. that because it's yeah. on my list. So yeah. stay tuned to December. Go up there. <laughs> yeah. There you go. <laughs> Just skip it and see Aquaman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's exciting time for, for the MCU. We're coming up the biggest, what will be the biggest film one of the biggest films of all time, the biggest comic book movie of all yep. time. And we're starting to get our first images here. They got to keep that momentum going, right? We're going to walk into D23 here in July and they got to start showing things. We saw things last year for Infinity War. Yep. It's going to be removed enough from the release of Avengers Infinity War that we could start seeing teases, maybe a title, something like that for this film. So stay tuned. There's some big stuff to come. I think we'll also get a Captain Marvel push too, quite a bit yes. of that stuff going yeah. on. Because that's yeah. going to be a pretty big film. It's oh, yeah. huge, especially with that being in a post credit scene. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Oh, he's going to be a huge scene. Yeah. And speaking about female-led superheroes, let's let's walk over to DC for a minute here. Wonder Woman. That's the next big film outside of Aquaman. It's the I guess the only franchise that they've solidified in the DC extended universe as far as an ongoing story, ongoing narrative focused around a single character. Now, Patty Jenkins, she's back to direct Wonder Woman 2. Woo. They're bringing in Cheetah as the villain. Whee! They've got a returning Gal Gadot, Gal Gadot, Gal Gadot, Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman. <laughs> and Patty Jenkins uploaded to her Twitter account a what looks like a title card for Wonder Woman. It's dubbed Wonder Woman eighty four or yeah. not Wonder WW eighty four. So, what are you guys' thoughts on this? It looks very very eighties. The look of it. Now, is this a title? Is this a clue to the setting? Because we always thought. And the rumors have been swirling about this being more of a semi-period piece, similar to the way Captain Marvel's going back to the 90s, in the same way that Wonder Woman went back to World War One. that this is actually going to take place somewhat out of kind of the forward-going narrative of the DC Extended Universe. So, Sanjay, i got to hear your thoughts first here. Is this a title? Is this a setting? What are your thoughts? Why can't it be both? It can be. <laughs> <laughs> Much like Blade Runner, you had, what, 2049? Yeah. So this is going to be Wonder Woman 84. And so people are like, why 84? And I was thinking about it. And some people online were saying, you know, that that book, George Orwell's 1984. Ooh. When you have like, it's like the, it's the novel about brother, like big brother, big government, always spying on the citizens. And, you know, you, you think about that in terms of DC and I'm immediately drawn into Brother Eye, which is this like interconnected satellites that like relay images around the world and they're like trying to take over the world yeah, you know created by batman created by batman yeah. so i don't think he'll be created by batman in this version but that also brings to um my mind maxwell lord because we don't know who pedro pascal is playing and i'm thinking he might play the villain uh, maxwell lord who is like he's a telepath um and he's and the reason why it's uh important for wonder woman is during that run uh, infinite crisis uh wonder woman like has uh, Maxwell Lord in the uh, Lasso of Truth and then she's like tell me how to stop you and now that she has like the la now that he has the Lasso of Truth around him he's like you have to kill me and without hesitation Wonder Woman says okay fine and like snaps his neck but Brother Eye is broadcasting throughout the whole world and so that image gets broadcast throughout the whole world and people kind of turn on Wonder Woman after that so you know maybe they could play into that for the new Wonder Woman movie because, you know, she does walk away from mankind. We learned in BVS, you know, she said 100 years, which may not come to fruition anymore because that movie was such a hit. They're like, oh, let's keep going with like the period pieces. 
So, you know, she'll be back helping humanity, but I think she's going to be more in the sides. Uh, and then, you know, it isn't until Batman v Superman where she comes out again and starts being a beacon of hope. Hmm, so, neck, neck breaking? Yeah. And a very visceral reaction to that. <laughs> I heard that <laughs> Sounds familiar. I like that, though. I, I do, I I do like it, too. Yeah. I really dig that. I dig the title card or, or whatever it is. I, I really like that. You know, Wonder Woman 84. Mm-hmm. It has a Slade um, Ragnarok kind of yeah. feel, 80s look to it. Yeah. Um, I really do like that title look. Uh, but I really got to agree with you. I, I think that's a pretty cool premise if they set up. If that's what keeps her separated from mankind after all those years, if, if mm-hmm. that's how she leaves, I, I dig that big time. Yeah, cool. I'm fully on board with that. Yeah. Like, yeah. I look at this title. I think it's great. Mm-hmm. I think it's cool that it tells you when it's set. But that Orwellian 1984 yeah. Big Brother type thing, yeah. that's really, really cool. And you setting that premise up and framing that a little bit, putting some context from the comic books in there, man, I'm excited <laughs> about it. Like, that's a day one C for me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you know, the one thing I really hope they do is you have Cheetah in this film. I don't know how she's going to factor in, but you have this franchise called Suicide Squad. So, you know, if you have Black Manta, who's an Aquaman, and then the next one, Shazam, uh, you have... Uh, Matt Strong, he's playing the bad guy. Let's not kill the bad guys in DC anymore. Let's keep them. And, you know, it would be really cool to see Black Manta and Cheetah either join Suicide Squad or that teased Easter egg, the Legion of Doom, if you will, yeah. from Justice League. Like, I- I'm just saying, let's keep these villains alive. Yeah, and Marvel's trying to do the same thing as well. Like, sometimes the, the villain needs to die, as we saw in Black Panther. Yeah. Part of the story. But I agree, you need to keep some of these villains around and have a bit more legacy to them. You you, you don't need to spend every single film setting up a villain. Like yeah. you look at Thanos, it just jumps right into it. Yeah. And Black Panther, yeah, they set up their Killmonger, but I feel that was kind of a natural leap based off of the premise and the political atmosphere that we have in the world today. That yeah. that was an easy leap. You don't need to spend half a movie explaining who Cheetah is. Yeah. Right? The movie doesn't need to be called Wonder Woman colon the wrath of cheetah yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean it doesn't have to be that explicit yeah. yeah yeah i mean marvel has definitely gone that way where they're focused more on the heroes than the villains but you look at like dc their history of their films they're kind of the opposite yeah. like look at the burden batman films the interesting thing about them was like you had uh jack nicholson as joker michelle uh pfeiffer as catwoman <laughs> danny, <laughs> danny, De- danny devito as the penguin yeah. even jim carrey as the riddler yeah maybe not tommy lee jones but like always the villains have kind of carried dc in my opinion and we you look at probably one of the most celebrated and arguably one of the best comic book movies of all time in the dark knight which one i haven't seen that one is it any good <laughs> it's fantastic you should check it, out. <laughs> it uh it, it focuses around the joker yeah and you look at arguably one of the best marvel films mcu films in infinity war focuses around thanos that's yeah. a thanos movie yeah more absolutely. than it is anyone else's film yeah, yeah. And so there's something to be said about having a strong, motivated, realistic villain. Maybe not realistic in the sense that, yeah, Thanos is real, but someone <laughs> with, with those motivations and a believable arc and a believable and a story behind them, right? That's yeah. something that you can actually chew into and, and buy into that. Like you go back to Iron Man, Iron Man 1 in uh, Iron Monger, you kind of get him. He's okay. But then you go to the next film with Whiplash and you're like, who's this guy? Throwaway villain. Yeah. You no, know, we don't need throwaway villains anymore. Yeah. There needs to be a bit more of a complex story put around. We've done the punchy punchy thing where you kind of battle the guy that's born of the same technology or mm-hmm. super soldiers. So we don't need that anymore. Like we've evolved past that. Mm-hmm. And I think Wonder Woman 84 could be in the next big step in that evolution of comic book movies and framing it again. Like this whole thing, Big Brother, 
it you know, although it's set in 84 it fits present time very very well yep. yeah absolutely are you guys happy that this is like a time jumping movie so we're going to the 80s in this i mean would you have preferred we've gotten maybe like a 90s movie because we've got so many 80s movies you know like a lot like 80s is hot right now a lot of movies are going back to the 80s great song by aqua by the way but uh how about the 90s you know i grew up in the 90s i love the 90s is that kind of going to be the next thing is where we're going to have like all these movies set in the 90s Let's wait till next March. Yeah, Captain Cap- Marvel. Oh, set in the 90s. yes, that's yeah. right. Set in the 90s. Nice. Yeah. And do you know everything's set in the 80s right now? Because everyone that was lived through the 80s is now in charge of studios and <laughs> yeah. is now writing Makes and sense. directing things. They're yeah. kind of yeah. in their mid-40s now, right? Yeah. Like yeah. they were the born in mid to early 70s. So you'll see that, right? Everyone's going to throw back to their childhood, throw back right. to the time. So there's going to be a, a focus shift yeah. to the 80s. You'll see a focus shift probably to the 90s in 10 years. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of interesting to see that evolve. I've seen this, or at least I think I've perceived this in the past, where you do see even TV shows that are coming back are very 80s TV shows, right? Mm-hmm. Master of the Universe and all this kind of stuff that you're going to be seeing popping up on Netflix. It's because these guys that are now in places of power have the ability to direct these yeah. things into, hey, I really like this as a kid. Let's see if we can bring it back 30, 40 years later. Yeah. So, yeah, kind of cool. I lo- I, I'm always down for the 80s. Speaking of the 80s, I don't know if you saw this today, released the Bumblebee trailer. Yes. Also set in the 80s. Is it? Yeah. Is it as a prequel then, okay? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's a prequel star- starring Haley Seinfeld. Yeah. From Edge of 17, Troy's movie. movie. Yeah. A movie. yeah. Such a good movie. True Grit. True Grit. And uh, John Cena's in it. Yeah, I saw that. He made a brief cameo in that trailer. You know what? I will say, I watched it and then watched it again. Yeah. Like, it looks like it's throwing back to that. I really like the first Transformers such a good and film. they cut this trailer in a very emotional way and the music that they played with it also hit the beats so it it i'm sure it's going to be not too far removed from what they've done i'm hoping it's it's different but the trailer first cut trailer here the teaser pretty good i'd say i'd say it's before i was like yeah i'm never gonna watch that now <laughs> yeah. i'm like it's on my radar yeah yeah how about you troy uh, i haven't checked it, I haven't oh, checked okay, it. Okay. I'll, I'll probably check it out i'm not a transformers movie goer i love the old 80s going back to the 80s <laughs> i love the 80s transformers but I, I stay pretty far away from these films i guess michael bay's not attached to this one though eh? no no it's okay. uh the director who did kubo and the two strings oh well yeah. shoot i love that that should be got best animated that's my favorite animated film for yeah, kubo's good just, 2016, just reeled in troy oh, to that transformers hype now yeah okay i'm checking out bumblebee yeah checking out right now <laughs> i'm gonna, I'm gonna hit <laughs> <laughs> the one thing i know is did you notice change in bumblebee's look he looks so like cutesy like he's cute now as opposed to like in the transformers movie when he's kind of more like menacing i don't know like did you pick up on that they're trying to make him feel sympathetic right like all the motions that he does in the interaction with Haley steinfeld's character yeah makes him seem very innocent very naive and they kind of get this like puppy love feel about well, it. Was right? he meant to look younger almost in a sense too? Like it's the 80s, so he should be like more kid like? Are they trying to like. I, you I know, think make something like kid? that. Yeah. Because I think Bumblebee originally wasn't he like a, a beetle? Wasn't No. That's yeah. Another yeah, beetle. yeah no, yeah, he was a beetle, right? Yeah. 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 He's yeah. a beetle in this. And he, oh, was he? It's in the, the same beetle from the start of Transformers 1. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. So, yeah, it's, I cool. think, yeah, because you have the voiceover of Bernie Mac. R.I.P. Yeah, so he, oh, really? he does a voiceover that what he says about the car, you don't choose the car, the car chooses you. That whole voiceover okay. is over yeah. top of the trailer. Oh, shoot. No, I really got to check this trailer. <laughs> we just like got a fan. And no one took Bumblebee in the uh, box office wars. No, we all thought it was going to no, be dead. Yeah. 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 And it comes out the same day as Aquaman, so that has me a little bit worried. Uh-oh. Yeah, it's yeah. going to divide audiences Uh-oh. for sure. Especially with this trailer. Yeah. Aquaman's got to get something out there now. 
know. Does she just, be, she just be like water and it should just be Aquaman, like Jason Momoa splashing around? Yeah. Aquafina commercial? Just, <laughs> just him sitting there and like chest out. <laughs> what? I just showed up like this. Yeah. <laughs> I still see it. <laughs> All right, guys. We're hitting to the back end of the podcast here and it's time to jump into our Star Wars section. Now, we've talked about celebration. What's coming down the pike there? 2019. But let's talk about. Star Wars currently, you know, we, we made some references to Solo, a Star Wars story. You can check out our review last week. I can't, that feels like it was a month ago. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. that was just yeah. last week, wasn't it? Seriously? The review was that we did. Yeah, yeah. it was. Yeah. Okay. Wow. We saw the movie before, yeah. but the review yeah. that came so, out yeah. was, yeah. So, so we've it, been in like a time loop. It's like Groundhog's Day. We're yeah. just reliving the same day, so it seems like longer. Yeah, <laughs> it, it feels like it's been two, three weeks, but it just went through its second weekend at the box office in theaters. And it landed with a $29 million sophomore weekend, which equates to a 65% drop in its second weekend. Now, that's a fairly substantial drop. And you've got everyone on Twitter and everyone around raising alarm bells. Star Wars is failing. This film is an absolute flop. What is Disney going to do? What is Lucasfilm going to do with Star Wars? How do they come back from this? Well, I'm here to tell you guys. Everyone just needs to relax. <laughs> That's the word of the day. Every time Tim says relax, take a drink. <laughs> you should. Because I don't think there's anything wrong with this. Now, call me crazy. A $29 million second weekend isn't fantastic by any stretch of the means for a film with a Star Wars tag on it. You guys agree with that? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 I think even for like a Marvel or DC film... Oh, yeah. I okay. think like like if Aquaman did that in second weekend, I'd be like shitting my pants. Yeah, it's pretty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's <laughs> not great. And the sixty five percent drop is about ten eight to ten percent higher than your average Marvel film. And now some of those are opening very large, so you have a big much higher drop off on mm-hmm. that. So if you remember last week when we talked in a bit of detail about the box office, and I made a claim that it was performing like an origin story or really a phase two film in Marvel with its opening around $85 million. You know, how did the, the extended weekend with that Monday where it raked in about $104, $105 million. So way below estimates when you're comparing that directly to Rogue One. But again, we equated that a bit more to Iron Man 3 and having that substantial event film bump. So coming off the back end of The Force Awakens, big bump. The Last Jedi, yeah, that factors into this a little bit. But if you look at Han Solo from a simple solo film, you compare it to a Marvel Phase 2 film, it's performing almost identical to most Phase 2 films, save Avengers Age of Ultron and Iron Man 3. So Iron Man 3, that's the anomaly in there. So we're going to mm-hmm. remove both of those films. Avengers is an event film. So let's let's look at this as a bit deeper here. Captain America 2 debuted to $95 million domestically. This is arguably one of the best, if not the best, MCU film to date. Mm-hmm. Now, let's remember the MCU at this time, Phase 2 coming off Avengers, coming off two weaker films in 2013. But it's really starting to build the momentum here. So comparatively... Yeah, you could see, yeah, Star Wars has got 40 years behind it, but we're starting to settle in with Star Wars into this yearly release trend, the same way that Marvel was here. Now, Captain America, in its second weekend, pulled in $42 million, so it's a 50, 56% drop, and its 10-day gross is $158 million. Now, compared to 
solos, which is $148 million in its first 10 days. So only $10 million removed. Now, the big thing that people are focusing in on was this $65 million drop. Mm-hmm. They compare that to the average across MCU phase two films. It's about 56%. So about 10% removed there. But the big thing that people aren't factoring in here is the holiday Monday. So the holiday Monday for Solo pulled in $18 million. Now you compare that across every other second Monday in Marvel Phase 2 films, the average is about $8 bucks. So it did $10 million more money in on that first Monday, or I guess second Monday of release. Mm-hmm. And you average that out and you push that $10 million to the weekend, its drop is only 59%. So you kind of get what I'm saying there, that that holiday Monday took away from that following that second weekend box office. Yeah. So if you run all of those numbers, everything is, you're within a couple million dollars of a Marvel <laughs> Phase 2 film. I, I see I see what you're saying. Okay, um, I see what you're saying, but here's here's where I'm coming at. <laughs> you're coming at it like a Disney standpoint? Like- well, well, like Disney, this is going to be a write-off. They're going to like, you know, they're going to like bump up the budget you know, mysteriously find other like <laughs> stuff to put in with this budget. So that way they can write off more money. Yeah. You know, maybe some of that infinity war stuff will fall in here somehow. Right. I don't know. <laughs> uh, the one thing is though, like this is star Wars. And and you look at like Han Solo, as far as I know, like I'm not like the biggest star Wars guy. I'm, I'm slowly getting there is like one of the biggest star Wars characters of all time. Like he's probably top five. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. So he's like up there. And so like a lot of the MCU characters in phase two, like Ant-Man and Dr. Strange, like they were kind of like C-listers. Yeah. Like, you know, like they're kind of like peripheral characters, but like, again, this, you know, this is, it's a weird beast because this is the first like solo, like character movie in star Wars. You know, never before have we had, like, one character kind of, you know, run with that narrative or, like, take the ball and run with it. You know, it wasn't Luke Skywalker and Friends. You had Luke, you had Han, you had Princess Leia. So maybe we should get, like, a, used to these numbers because, you That's know... That's exactly my point. Right? Like, the like the saga films are the Avengers films, exactly. if you will. Right? So, and now that Solo's coming in, I mean, if they did a luke skywalker film it'll probably perform the same see that that would be a lot more i think i agree with you we should be expecting these. we should get used to these numbers yeah 100 percent sure but when you got to factor in the budget this isn't the numbers these guys want yeah at all but yeah. if you go to like what you said a luke skywalker film i think that would probably gross a lot more money than a han solo film but hands you, rem- down. you remove the budget issues with this because that's kind of the anomaly here right so kind of, but it's it's it's, it's something to factor because when you when you're making the cat movies, when you're making the Ant-Man movies, the budget is so much smaller. So mm-hmm. the expectations for that film, what to make is... It was supposed any... to be smaller for this, though. Like, you, yeah. you, you run into an issue yeah. of they shot two movies. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If they didn't shoot two movies, and this only cost $150 million to make, yeah. w- would you be kind of... Would you have the same opinion on it? Like, if you're, no. if you're not looking at it from a pure bottom line perspective, yeah, like that adjustment of expectations yeah. needs to be there. Because I don't think we can expect... That even if a FET film comes out or a Luke Skywalker film yeah. comes out, that it's going to perform any different than Marvel Phase 2 films. It's not going until we get to, say, post-Episode 9, post-like into their, oh, quote-unquote, Phase 3, if we want to call it that. Right. Or even their own Phase 2, where people are like, yes, the quality of these movies are great. Right. I'm familiar with the storytelling. I'm familiar with the characters in these isolated solo or Star Wars story films 
that you're going to see the Ragnarok numbers, the Guardians 2 numbers. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I think that when we look at it from a perspective of a bottom line, yeah, this thing isn't what they wanted. Mm -hmm. But if you adjust your expectations, this film isn't a flop just purely because it didn't do as well as Rogue One or the Saga films. But you have you have to take the consideration of the money out of it because it's it's that's the anomalous part. Yes, it's going to lose money. That on that end it is a failure. But from a box office perspective, I'm not seeing the flop here. I'm seeing a fandom and I'm seeing a general population settling into a Star Wars yearly release trend. These are no longer event films. It's it's the one you're looking at Cap 2 versus Avengers Age of Ultron. There is a big gap in those opening weekends, a hundred million dollar gap. Yeah. And that's what you should be seeing here now with Solo and the Saga films. Like, all I'm saying is that no, no, it's, it's, people pushing this panic button saying, like, Star Wars is failing. It's, it's all over. Like, this this film is but a is, giant... Is that, is that due only to the money or just the way it's received? Because I'm one. I love this movie. Yeah, this yeah I loved my, it too. It's probably my second favorite Disney film that they made in the Disney era. Yeah, but yeah. is the audience on the, across the board loving this film? Like, I, I, to know. me, I'm not seeing a huge... It was Last Jedi more divided than this film? Oh, I think so. Okay. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I think yeah. so. Yeah. Um. Some some points like that you're talking about. You know, when you mentioned like you know after Episode Nine, then would get like the more Ragnarok or like the bigger numbers. Well, maybe not even. Yeah. Like... yeah exactly. Right. Like, I I kind of I get what you're saying, but like I feel like if this was like a Poe Dameron movie or something like that, where it's a character that we've only just been introduced, I would kind of more expect these lower numbers. For sure. Right? Because, like, he's he's fairly new. He's only been in a couple movies. Exactly. And okay. you get to, like, see his backstory. Like, you know, maybe that would have been the better way to go because his story's still continuing. Well, even if you went the Luke Skywalker route because you're ending, before we get to this movie, we just killed off, spoilers alert, Skywalker. <laughs> so if you went back in time and explained more of Luke Skywalker, what he's doing between episodes six and seven, then you yeah. like, this makes a lot more sense. A lot more butts probably would have been in the seats to see that film. Where, like I mentioned last episode, when you go into Han Solo, you're watching Last Jedi. There's zero talk of Han Solo, no. but yet this character is popping up in a couple months. Like, yeah, yeah, it's very strange weird. that like they released this film after he died. It, you know, and I don't think he's coming back. Like, no, I think they took what they thought was their most bankable character outside of Vader and Luke, and Luke, yeah. even Luke. I don't know. I think Solo think? to me bigger than Luke, Luke is. Maybe a bigger character, yeah. But I think if you're selling a film, mm -hmm. it's easier to construct a solo film, and have a bunch of teases, have a bunch yeah. of kind of ideas, and Lando and Chewbacca. Like, what do you do with Luke? Unless you Skywalker's give, Jedi, he's got but the you give him episode four, five, and six. You have to do post Return of the Jedi. <laughs> exactly. Right? They're they're in, still in this comfort zone. They but, don't want to tell any stories. But that's what they fought with, right? The biggest thing here is when they did Han Solo is like that's not Harrison Ford. That was the biggest thing. Yeah. That's not Harrison Ford. So if you did Luke Skywalker, you would have had to replace him anyways. Yeah. But at least you still have the fact that it's 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 a Luke Skywalker. Yeah, yeah, and you could have even had like an older Mark Hamill and just have it set like before the Force Awakens. Oh yeah, that's true too. You could have still brought him back. I mean, they made him younger a little bit for that true. segment in uh, Last Jedi. That's yeah. right. right. That's so right. yeah, you could have done that. Just gone back a couple years before Force Awakens. Good yeah, call. I mean, I mean, like the. The domestic box office numbers are bad, but they're not horrendous. You know what I mean? Like, it's like Justice League. Like, the numbers, like, the movie still lost money, but it made $650 million, nah. which yeah. is crazy, and it lost money. Yeah. Um, and this, I think, is pretty much the same budget. The, the thing that really worries me about this film, it's not so much the domestic numbers, it's the international yeah. numbers. 
like they 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 were probably a bit more alarming than Deadpool two overtook this in the international market, mm-hmm. so it came from number two, and that never happens in the box Rarely. office. Yeah. Like it's very rare, and it's not like Deadpool two is like Infinity War. No. You know, it's 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 a good film and it's making like decent money, but it's not like a billion dollar film. Right. No, and I think some of the international may come down to just pure marketing. Right. Like you you saw that here almost nothing yeah mm-hmm. like there's there's no big campaigns there's no big tie-ins the, the figures are hard to get yeah. mm-hmm. internationally i'm guessing it's more sparse outside sure. of places like the uk and that yeah like i'm i would hazard a guess that there's barely any any marketing done in the bulk of continental europe you go to asia probably not a lot going there we know the issues with star wars and the chinese box office mm-hmm. it's not something that they really buy into at this point so yeah that that is a bit more alarming some of that may be able to be fixed with your marketing campaigns and what you do next but i'd I'd still say like expectations like if you pull an obi-wan out i would expect similar numbers to this oh for sure yeah i don't know about that one i think it'd even do less to be honest with you it's something that everyone's been asking for more so than like i hate to go back to this but people were asking for an obi-wan film over a han solo film yeah but like when i was like before i even watched the original trilogy before the force awakens came out I knew who Han Solo was. I had no idea who Obi-Wan Kenobi was. I think you might be an exception. <laughs> <laughs> like if, you, if we went out to the middle of like the mall and asked 100 people, you know, who, who's Obi-Wan, who's Han Solo, more people would know who Han Solo is, I'd say. I don't know about that one. Yeah, I, but, I, I think it might be pretty even. You it think so? Right. I'm going to step with Sanjay on this one. I think, Obi-Wan Kenobi? I, no, I think that Solo is more, a more well-known character than obi-wan kenobi yeah. all right that's and interesting. <laughs> yeah I, I don't know i think and when you look at this this james mangold story that's come out yeah. here with him potentially helming a fet a star wars story film right can you expect that to be on the scale of even more so than solo or my my prediction here is that with these adjusted expectations you're going to see about a 95 million dollar debut on this well, and that that would make more sense for me because i think solo for sure is a more popular household name than than boba fett yeah oh yeah, yeah absolutely definitely definitely yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know it's very interesting that james mangold's directing this after he bashed disney after logo came, or logan came out that's right he was saying how like the marvel movies aren't like real movies with their uh, easter eggs and stuff when he talks i, I guess sure does. <laughs> <laughs> is it going to end with uh, what's his name Boba Fett holding like his daughter's hand or something like like Logan most unearned scene <laughs> in Logan right cinematic history. you know right it's so you. interesting that like that movie didn't click with you guys no everybody else loved it everybody yeah. else loved it. Like, to me I had that as number two movie of the year last year the whole back half of that film not for me yeah. and you know and everyone like I agree his 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 style his cinematic style is really cool like yeah. he did wonders for that character and I love Patrick Stewart in that film as well even Hugh Jackman, that was one of his best performances up until the like the back half of the movie. Yep. So there's some real issues with writing in there, I think. And Troy and I are, are very much in the minority with this that I, I just do not like how they cap that off. They could have done something a lot better, I think. But James Mangold, when you're looking for someone to take a FET film on, you know, do you, is it going to have a bit more of this kind of solo vibe, you know, the underbelly, the seedy part? of the Star Wars universe, a bounty hunter take, does this tie into Solo? This guy might be the right guy to do it. Like, I'm I'm stoked about the idea of his cinematic take on a Star Wars film as far as pure cinematography, what he's able to do with sets, what he's able to do with characters. But I need to see someone like a, a Lawrence Kasdan writing this character 
writing this film, integrating it into if there's going to be a bigger story. Right. So I'm not I'm not sure if James Mangold wrote Logan or not. Uh, I don't know because it was nominated for best, best original adapt, adaptive screenplay. Yeah. So I don't know like who got the uh, nominations. I can't remember. So yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't know, but I'm I'm say I'm kind of on the periphery with this one. Like I'm not I'm not totally feeling it from a storytelling perspective because I think that's what needs to tighten up. Yeah. Like yeah. I think that stars in itself. You look at Solo, you look at Rogue One, all the stuff. They're beautifully shot. Yeah. Beautifully shot oh, yeah. films. Like no one's ever gonna go walk away and say this film did not look good. Yeah. Yeah. But some of it comes down, at least for me, to the storytelling. I thought the storytelling in all these Disney era films is fantastic. Save some of the stuff in The Last Jedi. But like <laughs> Solo, the most recent film, I thought it was great. It was a blast. It was yeah. fun. It was told well. There's great character progression. Yeah, there's some there are bumps there, but you can get that with any film. Especially a film that was reshot in half the amount of time. Yeah, I don't yeah. think the outcome of Solo is due to the actual movie, the no. project itself. It's everything else outside of A lot of external of factors. Exactly. It, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's almost gotten to the point now where, like, the hype and all the buildup with social media, that kind of what drives the opening weekend. It's no longer, like, what's the Rotten Tomato score going to be? Or, like, what, you know, what what's who's the director? Who's the actor? What's the story? It's someone heard someone that said, they tweeted, this movie sucks. And so they stayed away. Right. You know? Or, like, this movie's great, so they went and go see it. You yeah, know, word just, of mouth. Yeah, yeah, word of mouth. And with social media, it goes so much quicker than ever before. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I guarantee you this movie came out and had the exact same issues behind the scenes maybe like 10, 15 years ago. It probably would have been a hit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Star Wars. Yeah. It's always going to be a hit, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I think what what I can, what we're saying here is, you know, with with, fat, with future solo films, standalone films, and we'll have to call them here not to get confused, <laughs> is that let's ex- adjust expectations and see how this universe builds and how they do this every year movie release, how they adapt what they've done and how they evolve from this solo experiment, we can call it. I wouldn't call it a failure by any means. The movie's great, and I think it's performing just fine. Yeah, it's not a stellar performance, but it's there. I think it's in line with what expectations should be, and that's Marvel Phase 2 films. I think you know every franchise gets like one do-over or one mulligan, if you will. Um, you know, MCU had Incredible Hulk, which that one didn't make as much Thor money. Two. Thor 2, yeah. Uh, DCEU, you know, Justice League didn't make as much money as they thought. And now with Star Wars, you got Solo. So Are we talking money-wise? Like they got to do over y- or you yeah, yeah, like money-wise. Okay. So, like, you know, you know, let's not make this a trend. Aquaman comes out and it's a hit. Everyone's going to forget about Justice League failing at the box office. Um, you know, Boba Fett comes out, Episode 9 comes out and makes a billion dollars or whatever. Everyone's going to forget about Solo. So, you know, one time, everyone can have one because these movies, the previous movies have made a ton of money, so they're allowed one. But, you know, let's not make it a trend. Let's make the next one, make those a hit because there's nothing we can do for Solo, unfortunately, at this point. We could buy the Blu-ray, I guess, would be the only way to kind of make back some money. But, you know, let's let's look, let's go forward and hopefully the next one's a hit because, you know, I'm really getting into the Star Wars universe and I like to see more movies. I'd be really sad if I just started getting on and episode nine turned out to be the last one. Yeah, that's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're going to see a lot of Star Wars going forward. It's just expectations, expectations. that They have to be reset yeah. a little we'll, bit. We'll here. see a lot more. But yeah. Disney, for sure, is is readjusting the wheel. Oh, yeah. 100%. Oh, they're yeah. going to. And yeah. they're lucky they're having a, quite a good year. Yeah, yeah. Black yeah. Panther and Infinity War. Exactly. So this is, if they're going to write off against something, it's probably the thing to do it against. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, Disney's been... Uh, this is Disney's year. Yes, it is. It's a big year. should have been maybe a little bigger, but... You know, we will get over this. Fandom will get over this, hopefully. And kind of continuing with, with Solo here, 
We got a question here from the newest knight of the Commonwealth in Grabs. Sir Grabs. Sir you guys say it with a British accent. Sir Grabs. I'm not. Sir Grabs. No. <laughs> that's the worst British accent. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to all our British listeners out there. Yeah. <laughs> Whether you're from the UK, Ireland, Scotland, Wales, the whole well, United Kingdom. I don't know if, yeah. I don't know if you call, I don't know if you call them all British or what do you call them? Oh, I just like. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's that's bad. Like you know. That's like a calling. You know. Canadians. Uh... Anyways, we'll, go <laughs> we'll edit that out, right, Tim? Eh, we'll see. See how I'm feeling. See what, see what time of night I'm doing this at. I, I travel to like Ireland. I get punched in the face yeah. as soon as I land. Yeah. <laughs> you know what you did, lad. <laughs> there you go. Anyways, message from Sir Grabs reads: Just one thought on Solo, Tim, Troy, and Sanjay. Now that Solo is out, I have to rethink the whole last couple of years. I went from not wanting a solo movie to being intrigued by the trailer to being blown away by how much fun I had during the movie. Sounds very familiar, Troy. Yes, <laughs> you're right there with me then. There are a ton of questions I can ask the three of you about the movie. From Chewbacca's introduction to L3's cause to the mind-blowing character reveal towards the end. However, it is the subtle things and references that I have to know your thoughts on. Will we get a movie, comic book, or book about Beckett's backstory. Being the accomplice to killing Aurora Singh needs filling out, right? At what point do you realize L3 was going to be part of the Falcon? Lastly, my only gripe with Lando's arc was having him cheat at Sabacc to win. Well, explains the recurring awkward hug he and Han have. I didn't like that the gambler had to cheat to beat the scoundrel. What are your thoughts on this? And what part of the movie didn't hit home with you? Thanks in advance, Grabs. All right, guys, let's, let's break this one down a little bit here. Now, will we get a movie, comic book, or book about back, Beckett's backstory? We certainly are. We're getting a one-shot, aren't we? Yes, 100% right, Grabs. Yeah, we're getting a comic book one-shot, much like the DJ. DJ, yes. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully it's better than DJ. Hopefully. I didn't pick that one up. Stay <laughs> yeah, away from that not one. Great, not great. <laughs> so, yeah, I'd love to see a little bit more on Beckett's backstory. It's a character that we called predictable, I believe, in the review. So, revealing a bit more about his backstory and a bit more about Val and his relationship yeah. might be nice. And how this character got to the point he did in solo star wars story because i liked his introduction at the battle of oh, Mendo. Yeah. it'd be cool to build into that yeah no i think we'll definitely see that and, and i hope we get to see cad bane in the background too because yes. we're seeing those two just go hand to hand so yeah there's got to be there's got to be something there right they need to they need to fill that story out they can't just drop something like that yeah and then just leave that thread dangling yeah that's pretty big you'll get this some days <laughs> <laughs> who's bane is it the batman bane yeah we'll go with that yeah nice cad bane man <laughs> So it's Ca- Catwoman and Bane, and they had a baby. It's Cat Bane. Cat Bane, he's one of the baddest bounty hunters out there. My favorite. Yeah, yeah. very very Western feel to yeah. him too. Yeah, eh? yeah, very cool. Now L three being part of the Falcon. Did you guys see this coming? Was this something that was on your radar going into the film? No, absolutely not. I had no idea. And then when they like used her navigational skills to join the Falcon, that's kind of when I'm like, it took like a minute to recognize. I'm like. Oh yeah, I guess she's part of the Falcon now. Or, like she is like the Falcon now, which kind of like makes Han more of like a jerk for taking the Falcon <laughs> yeah. from Lando. He like taking his lover and like he's flying around with riding her. It. Yeah, riding riding this girl. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, I, I I like it too. I I I like that she did become part of the uh, the Falcon because it just adds that much more weight to the fact that Han has the ship and and obviously um, Donald Glover Lando loves that ship like that's a part of him so i do like that dynamic there yeah sure. it's pretty cool now interestingly enough there was someone in the talk stores or tumbling saber vip pages on facebook that did call us out like months ago yeah i think it was matthew keegan or kyle one of them 
had called out that L3 is going to become part of the Falcon. Crazy. Wow. And so when, as this was happening, as she was getting shot up, this was in the back of my mind. Cool. I'm thinking, okay, are they going to do it? Are they going to do it? And then as I was like, they're definitely going to do this. So I can honestly say that it wasn't a huge surprise for me. How they executed it was a bit of a surprise, I guess. But I had this theory running in the back of my head the whole time from these guys. So I would say I wasn't completely shocked by it, but it does make perfect sense. It fits in with a C-3PO comment that actually StarWars.com or the Star's Instagram page or Twitter account, whatever, retweeted that image of C-3PO talking to the Falcon, saying it had a very mo- the most peculiar language oh, or whatever. Right. So they're connecting yeah. that pieces and kind of yeah. retconning the whole idea of it. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. I feel so, bad for her now from The Force Awakens. She's just been sitting in the desert for like many years. junk. Yeah. yeah. Not the hunk of junk. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now his one gripe with the film, now we had a few, if you go back to our review last week, with, I guess this is more uh, with respects to Lando's arc, was having him cheat at Sabacc to win. Now, do you guys did you guys hold this the same kind of gripe that Grabs has here that the fact that this guy, this renowned gambler, was actually just a cheater? Um, well, to be honest with you, I have no idea how Sabacc played. So, like, you know, it could be like something like poker or something where skill really does make a difference, or it could be something where it's pure luck, where you're just playing like high card, low card. I'm assuming that there is <laughs> skill involved in it. What if it's like go fish or something? Yeah. <laughs> just random, just random cards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I wish. Um, yeah, it would have been a little cooler if uh, Lando wasn't really cheating his way through. Because you go back to uh, Bloodlines, I think there's a moment where Leia goes in and she plays uh, Sabacc, and yeah. she goes back to like Han taught me how to play this game. So therefore, if Han taught her how to play it, you kind of would have thought that Lando would have been a little bit above him in those skill sets so mm-hmm. i kind of wish they tied that in together a little bit more so as opposed to him just cheating yeah didn't bother me too much though to be honest but um yeah it, it worked for me you know i think it to me it it fits the character a bit mm. yeah he's the best gambler in the universe or whatever he wants to call himself kind of self-proclaimed if you will yeah but it makes sense to me that he would be that guy like if you go like the falcons impounded yeah like he's he's always kind of doing things backwards, maybe the wrong way, but always putting out this front. Yeah. Like I'm the best at everything. I wear the best capes. Right. I wear right. the best clothes. Yeah. But in the background, he's like, I, I'm going job to job. I need this money to pay this guy off so he doesn't kill me. Yeah. Then I got to do this. So to me, it makes sense that he's a he's a bit of a kind of a dirtbag when it comes to <laughs> the gambling side of things. The only thing I wonder though is because when you go to Empire, it seems like there's a lot more that happened in yeah. that match. You know, Billy D. Williams is really like, hey man, you know, he calls him out on it. Yeah. It seems a lot more intense than what really happened and how it went down. Maybe there's another gambling match. Or there's got to be more story there. Yeah. Because I think it was tweeted out by one of the writers or someone from the story group that this happens between, I think, 9 and 11 or 13 and 9 years before the Battle of Yavin, before A New Hope. Yeah. So we get our time frame there. So there's like, say, 9 years between the solo film and A New Hope. Or even more when you go well, to more Empire. More Empire, yeah. So it's probably like 13, 14. Yeah, the so there's, there's got to be more story there to be told. Like, I'm, I'm not accepting that this is the only story. And I think if you go to the, the what is it, Last Shot? Yeah. I think there's a story in there. It might be post-Empire, but th- this can't be the only interaction that Han and Lando have. Like, you don't... I, I don't know. To me, that relationship that is assumed from Empire can't be built off of, what, knowing each other for two days? Yeah. Like that, that can't. There has to be more story there where they revisit this relationship and they go through some more trials and tribulations together. They're kind of trying to kind of go behind each other's backs and do different right. things and work different deals and kind of constantly. They're friends, but they're enemies. Yeah. 
So I I think there's got to be more there. But yeah. this whole idea about, about Lando didn't bother me. I, right. I like the character. I kind of like that. Yeah. Now, if you go into this comic book, Lando Double or Nothing, this new comic book from Marvel, five-issue miniseries, it's fantastic. It takes place before the, the film here, Solo Star Wars Story. And I was reading through it, and in my mind, I thought it was a one-shot. So I'm like, okay, I'm expecting this to be not very good because the one-shots have been great. And I'm thinking, this is actually really good. I'm really enjoying the character of Lando here, kind of the framework they set up in the comic book. I'm like, how are they going to end this in a one-shot? And then it ends, I'm like, oh, it's not a one-shot. So I'm pretty excited for this. So nice. if you guys want more Lando and maybe more of the backstory, check out Lando Double or Nothing. Just released number one from Marvel Comics. should be in your local comic book shop. It's a ton of fun. I'd highly recommend it. Nice. So part of his last thing here, is there any part of the movie that didn't hit home with you? Now, we covered quite a bit of this last week, but is there anything off the top of your heads here just quickly that didn't particularly land with you guys? Is there something that really sticks out as like, whoa, uh, I don't know if I'm really feeling that. Yeah, I always go back to Infy's Nest. Yeah. Yeah, I always go back to the reveal. That's that's the one that... that for funny, me, because I just, love that. And you love that, right? Yeah, for <laughs> me, I was just like, ugh yeah that's that's about love the look love the design i love them on the train sequence one of my favorite things in star wars but the reveal for me just didn't hit it for me yeah um i i guess i'd say like my biggest thing would be when he gets called han solo oh, like his last name when he got his last name to me it just seemed a little bit forced but i mean if that's the worst thing of your movie you're doing pretty good yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. how's it go for me at top of my head lady proxima right yeah. Oh, okay yeah wasn't wasn't a fan of the puppet wasn't a fan of I just came into the water. And the vampire effect with the light. The yeah, didn't love it. I liked yeah. Han in that scene. Loved it. Loved that. But her, could have done without. Could have been someone else. But, yeah. again, I would consider that more of a nitpick because the character sure. is literally in it for, what, a minute? Yeah. And yeah. he had some of the best Han Solo dialogue. So, I'll forgive that I'll scene for the Han Solo dialogue. For sure. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. All right, guys. Now, with Han Solo, a Star Wars story, or Solo Star Wars story, released now, we officially have... 10 Star Wars films released since 1977. So we officially can do our top 10 ranking of Star Wars films. Now, you guys both took a poke at this last week, just kind of ran through them very quickly. Right. And I was hanging out on the TSW VIP page this past week, and people were throwing them up there. And Mark Godseff, he kind of initiated some of this by putting out his list, very bravely, I will say. <laughs> and people started commenting on it and saying, this is my list. And I said, okay. I have to put my list in there. Like I right. have to, I have to solidify this now. And I thought it'd be fun kind of going off of that and us put down our list here because I believe we've kind of done it in the past, but I want this to be more of the list for us. The like official, the official list yeah. as it stands. Now there's always going to be certain movies that are going to move between one and two or two and three, three and four. I think the back end of this thing is probably going to be pretty cemented. But I want to see where Solo lies in the midst of this, how maybe your opinions changed on certain films since the last time we've done this. Yep. So let's run down our top Star Wars films. Now, should we start from the bottom and go up or start from the top and go down? I'm always down with the top. But yeah, start from the top and go down because I think it's a bit more revealing because okay. the, the top ones are probably going to be fairly similar. Right. It's yeah. where things lie on the bottom. I think we're going to uh, differ okay. a little bit. So we're going to start from the top. Now, Sanjay, yes. I'm going to throw it to you first. Give us your number one Star Wars film in this countdown of the top 10 Star Wars films of all time. All right. So I'm going to go with a film that, you know, I really loved upon seeing it on the first time. And I saw it again on home video and I was like, man, this is a really good movie. And it's the first Star Wars movie I ever saw in theaters. 
Now, Star Wars The Force Awakens. There you go. The J.J. Abrams reboot. You know, I came into this. You guys were super hyped for it. And I had never seen a Star Wars movie before this. So I plowed through the first six. And I watched this. And, I, you know, I was blown away. You know, the special effects, the story, you know. Um, and it had, like, all the original characters were back. And it was just super cool. And the special effects blew me away. The story, uh, you know, I this, this movie, you know, maybe if I had seen the other ones in theaters... They may have been higher, um, like the original trilogy. But to me, this is my number one. It's my favorite, The Force Awakens. I love that because that was kind of your first real, like you had seen the other movies, but this is your first real Star Wars experience. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love that The Force Awakens sits on the top of your list there. It speaks volumes to how each generation or your introduction to Star Wars and you really get attached to that film. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's true. And I remember going to the theaters and seeing how busy it was and people were dressed up as like Yoda and stuff. It was, it was a pretty cool experience. I the hype never... was real. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Trey, number oh, one. Oh, I go Empire. I go Empire yeah. all day, man. The tone it sets on Hoth, the battle on Bespin. We get the introduction of Lando. Oh, man. I I, I, I love this film so much. You know, we get uh, Luke obviously losing his hand, too. The battle was epic. We got some wicked Vader dialogue. Vader, you know, we finally get the reveal of the Emperor, too. There's so much backstory so much stuff is based off of this you know they, they take a lot of steps backwards after this film you know explaining things i just i love everything it does in this film it's kind of like a new hope how when obi-wan drops the lines of clone wars and then there's all this history behind that i feel like this movie does a lot of that kind of stuff too with just the lineage between luke and vader so man yeah. empire all day yeah i'm right there with you man i'll echo those exact thoughts empire yeah. episode number five is at the top of my list as well i have to say the hoth battle is my favorite battle in Star Wars. Oh, so good. I love the Adats. Like, they're my favorite vehicles in yeah. Star Wars. I love how this kicks off. We kind of get going, thrown right into the mix of things. Yes, the score. The mm-hmm. oh next my God. level. Oh, yeah. I love the asteroid battle. I love them chasing the Millennium Falcon. I even love the stuff on Dagobah with Luke and Yoda. Yes. Like, it, it slows down a lot in there, and you kind of shift back to the high pace or higher pace solo Leia stuff. Like, the pairings in there are fantastic. <sighs> a lot of character development from luke in this film yes. like he said vader does a lot of stuff that stuff on bestman Lando. Yeah. there's so much in this film like how can you not love it like uh, number like episode five to me empire uh, strikes back top of his game so good and i gotta say out there because when i was a little kid this was the only movie i could always watch out of the trilogy because for me episode four had jabba in it and it also had jabba in return of the jedi and i like i'd always eat when i watch these movies and i can't eat <laughs> ever when i see jabba it just throws my appetite off so i can always go back to Embark because jabba is not around at all wasn't jabba so. like a human in episode four originally he and was, they like went back the stand-in was a human oh okay that, that scene wasn't originally in star wars or a new hope when it came out that was oh. put in, in 1997 with a special edition gotcha yeah so sanjay number two all right number two i'm gonna echo your sentiments um empire strikes back that's number two for me I've only seen it one time, but I really loved it, and I really want to see it again. Now hearing you guys, like, fangirl over it, I'm like, man, you know, that was a great movie, so I gotta watch it again, but right now, it's number two. Nice. Ah, man, this one's always tough for me, but I'm gonna go... Today, I'm going with the Revenge of the Sith. I, I, I love this film. I saw this on video at home, like, 11 times in one day, I think, something like that. It's crazy. I just I just had it on loop <laughs> it was over and over again. 24 hours a day. I loved it. It was just in the background constantly. I saw this in, on the big screen, obviously, too, at Eau Claire. 
And uh, oh, this is finally we get the turn of Anakin going that that extra step to Vader. The battle at the end between on Mustafar is is, is fantastic, and um, I know it's, it hasn't necessarily aged well, but it's, it's, <laughs> it, it sits somewhere with me. And uh, God, I love this film. And again, yeah. the score is awesome. I think the prequel has some of the best scores we've had, and that's yeah. a lot seen in Star yes. Wars. Because Star Wars, yeah. is, oh. don't disagree with you there. All right, yeah. my number two is Rogue One. Yeah. Wow. I freaking love this film it it has everything from epic space battles to new troopers to the death star tarkin an epic vader scene the the really the birth of the rebellion proper rat like that everything in there and i love the progression of the whole plot the arc that Jin goes on cassian andor there's a lot of really great stuff in this film a lot of throwbacks and to me, one of the solidifying facts, like I mentioned, is the space battle. It's Oof. one of the best. I have to see when they when Vader's ship comes out of hyperspace as the rebellion is retreating, and the music, the score slows down, and you just see the ships crashing off of the star destroyer, and then you see, oh, I tell you, I that that moment in the theater. That's probably one of my favorite moments ever in theaters is seeing that ship come to hyperspace. And then you walk into that Vader scene. Oh, yeah. Holy moly. Crazy. K2S. So how can you yeah. go wrong? Yeah. You've got Jimmy Smith's in there as Bill yes. Ghana. You've got references to Harrison Dula, Chop. Yeah. Like, Obi-Wan even. Yes. Obi-Wan. There's yeah. so much in that film. And all around, like, I, I love it. I love that film. That's why it's just number two for me. Have nice. you ever watched them back to back, Rogue One and then Episode Four? Yeah. Well, there's a cut online that goes right from rogue one into episode four like score and everything it's beautiful wow it's really well done cool all right man number three for you uh star wars episode four a new hope yep okay yeah reflection <laughs> there Question yeah there. yeah um so this one is really cool uh, i really like how like if you look at the special effects at the time when this was released you look at a movie before this like logan's run which was released i think the same year or a year before and the special effects are nowhere near the same like stratosphere of star wars this thing like changed the game. You look at the space battles, and like Darth Vader, he the first time you get to see him, like how menacing he is, and you got Luke, and it's like really is like an origin story, if you will, for like the whole Star Wars. Like if this movie doesn't come out and isn't as big of a hit, we don't get anything past this. This could have been just like uh, Flash Gordon, where yep. it's just like a one and done, yep. and that's kind of what George Lucas modeled it off of was the Flash Gordon serials. So. I, I love this, and it's, it's quaint because you know we had no idea this was going to be a hit, and then after this was a hit, and then you know um, Empire Strikes Back, you got those expectations, um, but this thing, no one knew it was going to blow up, and that's what I kind of love is everyone was kind of like no name actors, George Lucas, who the heck is that guy? Everyone is just doing this, you know, trying their best, and it hit, and it's just really cool. It's it's a quaint Star Wars movie, and you you know you never get that again. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, my thoughts, man. I love that. The tone that Vader sets right off the bat. And like I mentioned already, you know, you get this little whisper of the Clone Wars. And right away, I'm intrigued. What is going on here? Yeah. So, ah, I love that movie. Yeah, what's your number oh. three, though? Number three, though, is Force Awakens. I love this film. Um, I've been trying to convince my wife for years to get into Star Wars. And when I saw this film with her and everybody else here at this table, man, it set the tone. And she she loved that film. I love this film. Uh, Ray and Finn are my favorite characters, new characters created in the Disney saga. I love Ray's theme, which is sliding down that sand dune. Oh, so it good. is magical. It's it's incredible what they do here. I love um, the lightsaber battle at the end. I like the reveal of Kylo Ren being um, a solo. Um, I I love this film so much. I go back to this film easily every year, like three or four times. Oh yeah, love nice, this film. Nice. Definitely. 
Definitely. Yeah, this next one was a little bit more difficult for me. Um, I'm pegging between a couple films here, but I had to slot in episode four, A New Hope. Nice. It's it's what, like you said, Sanjay, it kicked it all off. It introduced us to these characters. It is the first Star Wars film I ever saw. It is what got me into this universe. It is what hooked me. So there's a bit of nostalgia there. And it's, again, it's one of the best films yeah. of all time. I got to say, like, the first introduction of Princess Leia into this thing, I can't wait for my daughter to watch this just to see her stand toe-to-toe with Vader and just look at him and just give him mouth back. Like, badass. <laughs> like, going back to the 70s, too, that's not something, that's an archetype of a character that didn't exist. Mm-hmm. And for them to do that there, for them to take that presence and take that step, like, my daughter, like, she loves Leia. And I want her to see this movie for that. Han Solo, Chewbacca, the felt like everything about this film that kicked off fandom for not only me, but for everyone. Yes. It, it holds something true and special. And the fact that it's still a good movie at the same time, absolutely love it. That's why it rocks in for number three for me. Nice. Sanjay, number four. Uh, number four, I'm going with Rouge One. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is the second Star Wars movie I saw in theaters. I saw this with my wife. Uh, on New Year's Eve, actually. So we nice. saw it. Yeah, we went out to see it a little date night there. And, you know, I was actually blown away with this. You know, I we started watching it and I was like, okay, I don't know what's going on. But then like halfway through, like it's like a, a switch flipped. And I was just like, wow, this is a fantastic film. And it just like drew me in and you had like the different locales and it was cool. Like it was, you saw a beach in Star Wars and you know, the palm trees and stuff. Like, it was yeah. really cool. I, I dug this film a lot, you know, and as Tim said, it's just a great film, and it's one of those ones that's so rewatchable, and it's yeah, it's a pretty sweet film. So it's number four for me. Nice, nice. Uh, that's a good one, man. I'm going uh, New Hope. There's not much else I can say about that film. You guys both covered it, so <laughs> for me, yeah, number four, New Hope. Yeah, nice. And now number five for me. Am I number five? Uh, no, number you're four. four. Number four. Yeah. yeah, Force Awakens. Yeah, I, this was the anticipation level. This was coming. This was Star Wars. This is what got this podcast going yep. for, a, for a good chunk of it. This is what yeah. Troy and I basically got introduced over. Yeah. Is that yeah. our wives started talking and because of the hype building for The Force Awakens, our wives were like, yeah, maybe they should meet. And then boom, here we are three years later, the three of us running a podcast. Like, it's fantastic. Yeah. This film did a lot for fandom. Mm-hmm. This film got me back into collecting. This film got me back into Star Wars the way that I was when the original or when the prequel trilogy was coming out into that collecting phase. So, for that alone, it ranks quite high on the list. But then you factor in what you guys have already said about the film itself, how great it is. Yeah, some of it feels slightly derivative of A New Hope. But at the same time, that's a fantastic movie. Yeah. I like what they did in every aspect of this. I have barely any complaints about this film. Between this and Rogue One, when I'm sitting doing stuff in the nerd room or if I'm out working out or doing whatever, this is the film I have on in the background. Nice. This or Rogue One. Like they just they're on Netflix. They're just so rewatchable. I can kick back, I can relax, and I can get my stories fill from just these films. I probably watch this six, seven times a year. Yes. Easy. Well, Easy. So good. So yeah, absolutely love this. Nice, nice. Alright, so we're at number five. Number five. Going with episode three. Yeah. Yeah. Let's I, go. I really like that one. Uh, you know, you had Anakin and he's battling Obi-Wan. And he had like it's just a really cool film. And you know, um, the prequels, this is definitely my favorite of the prequels. I think most people feel this way. I could be wrong, but I think most people do. Yep. And uh, I actually have a soft spot for the prequels. Is You know, they're, they're fun movies. I'm right there with you, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. So that's number five. Nice. Uh, number five for me is Solo. Okay. Solo. I love this film, man. Grabs. Sir Grabs. I'm right there with you. You know, uh, anticipation for this film. I was like, we don't need a solo film. 
at all. Uh, there was no marketing going on. And then that trailer, Super Bowl trailer hit. And I was like, okay, I'm into this. And then the movie hit. And Sanjay, you can vouch for me. I was right beside Sanjay the whole time. Just smiling. Grin. Like, yeah. I loved what this film did. So um, we talked about it already pretty much. We reviewed it last week. So there's not much <laughs> I can really say about this film. But um, man, I love, love Solo. Yeah, right there yeah. with you, man. Number nice. five for me is Solo. Nice. Wow. wow. Yeah, and like you said, go check out a review last week. But overall, had an absolute blast in this film. I like what it did for the universe. And I'm excited for what they can do more of, what they can leverage from what they teased in here. So overall, yeah, number five for me is Solo. Uh, yeah, well, great minds think alike because they make it three in a row. Number six for me is Solo. Yeah. <laughs> so check out our review. And uh, yeah, just don't check it out solo. Bring yeah. a friend. Yeah. <laughs> Sanjay, a little bit of investment there. <laughs> so that was number six. So number six for me is Return of the Jedi. Um, this movie was dope. The tone it sets with Luke. This is an all new Luke that we have not seen before. He's grown so much from that farm boy Luke that we're first introduced to in A New Hope. Um, he goes into Jabba's lair and he's just a complete badass. And then we also got bounty hunter versions of, of Leia and yeah. Lando. Like, this is crazy what they do. And the reference Tatooine. from Solo? And the reference. They bring it all back. Yeah. Oh, I love that, that right? That costume. Yes, yes, because Beckett was wearing that one, yeah. right? And uh, man, it, it's, it's a great film. Uh, the, the final duel between Luke and Vader is, is fantastic. The space battles in this film are <laughs> one of the top notch. Um, it, it's... Ah, I, I really like this film. A green lightsaber. We've never seen a green lightsaber ever until this film came out. There's something unique about seeing Luke dressed in all black and that yes. green lightsaber. It's it's just so iconic. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, man, love this film. And, you know, we got the, I guess, the death of Boba Fett in this film, too. Yeah, and Who'd Jabba. And Jabba. Oh, yes, yes. Yes. Great. <laughs> maybe maybe don't eat around him, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's there. Yeah, man. Like again, I thought the top would be very similar, but we're looking like the bottom's getting quite similar here because I'm episode six, Return of the Jedi, as well as my number six here. I, I there's not much more to say here. It's the the everything from Endor to the space battles to the encounter with the Emperor and Vader there. Even the redemption. I'm not not a super huge fan of redeeming villains, but redeeming Anakin, yeah, I can get on board with. And like you said, kicking it off back on Tatooine, yeah. revisiting basically the scene of A New Hope, where we kicked this franchise off, and having Luke step in with the black suit, getting Jabba, getting this, oh, yeah. this bounty that was put on Han's head, and kind of getting into, uh, I have to say, when we go into the source films, there always seems to be these cantina scenes, right? Yes. And I'd have to say between the cantina and Jabba's palace, those are the two most well done scenes that they kind of fit into that that kind of peg, right? Yeah. Like where you're trying to to produce an environment where you have all these different characters interacting that doesn't feel forced. Yeah. Neither of those feel forced to me. Right. So I love everything going on. Jabba's like, yeah, we could go on for, for hours about this. But yeah, so number six for me is episode six, Return of the Jedi. Nice. All right, okay, so number stretch, seven. Home stretch. All right, number seven. I'm going with episode six, Return of the Jedi. <laughs> you know, echoing your sentiments, you know, this is, this is the last film that people had for Star Wars for like 20 years. So, you know, if this doesn't leave a good taste in people's mouth, maybe the prequels, you know, don't even come out and we don't even continue because look at how many trilogies the third one comes out and it's like not quite the same quality as the other two. Uh, this one here, in my opinion, you know, isn't quite as good as the other two, but it's still a terrific film. So episode uh, six is my number seven. 
Nice. Number seven for me is Rogue One. This oh, wow. One was, yeah, it's, it's, a little bit, it's a little bit lower, but uh, I, everything you guys said, I, I, I agree with. I, I love what this film does, especially at the end. I feel like this probably has one of the strongest third quarter acts yes. in any Star Wars film. From yeah. Scarefoot on, uh, introduced to uh, Radis. I love Radis from the Calamari. He's he's fantastic. The Vader scene is just mind-blowing. Oh, mind-blowing. Yeah. It's the best representation we've seen of Vader when it comes to combat on the big screen yeah. ever. So I love what they did there. I feel like we missed out a bit on Jin and Cassian and Chirrut. I thought Chirrut was going to be pretty cool. I don't necessarily like what they did with Saw Gerrera going back to the Clone Wars as a big fan of that what character. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got it. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't a fan of that guy. So um, that's why it's a little lacking for me. But uh, Krennic, love Krennic yes. too. I feel like Krennic's a very underrated villain he actually is. in the whole Star Wars uh, saga. So yeah like this film fully agree all right my number seven is revenge of the sith yeah so i think we swapped it it, yeah yeah, two and seven there which is interesting (laughs) and you know this isn't because i think this is a bad film it's just every other film above it is better in my eyes i like the the kind of the completing act to this three-part trilogy that we have with the prequels it is definitely by far the best prequel film it kind of gets us to that that vader that anakin that we were really looking to see maybe a bit earlier in Attack of the Clones. So I like the story here. I like how they conclude this. The CGI, the probably the best in the prequel era of films as well. It holds up the best. And I think that what Hayden Christensen did with Anakin Skywalker in this film in particular was really well done. So yeah, kudos to that and shout out, like, again, echoing your thoughts here. It doesn't sit as high on my list, but at the same time, I do really enjoy this film. So that's why it's just number seven for me. All right, so uh, what are we on now? Number, number eight. Number eight. Okay, I'm going with um, Star Wars: The Last Jedi. This is a movie that just came out, and this is the movie that like divided the fan base, if you will. I actually like this movie. I think it was like a good movie. There's some things that I didn't like, some things that I loved. Overall, though, I came out of the film. I was pretty positive when I came out of the theater, thinking like, you know, I actually like what I saw. Um, I didn't like, you know, some of the way that the, uh, the direction that they took some of the characters uh, and like the decision to kill off uh, Luke Skywalker kind of like puzzled me for a bit. But you know what? Uh, you know, overall, I think it's a, it's a fun Star Wars movie. It takes you on many different lands and many different uh, planets. And it, you know, it sets up some cool stuff and there's some cool space battles. But I mean, st- this is Star Wars, so there's so many cool movies that, and so many great movies that are, in my opinion, just better films. But that doesn't necessarily mean this is a bad film. It's just one of my least favorite Star Wars films. There you go. Cool, cool. Number eight. Yeah. yeah. Number eight. I'm going with Phantom Menace. Wow. Yeah, Phantom Menace. Uh, again, going back to that score, man. Duel of Fates, Darth Maul going up against Qui Gon and Obi Wan Kenobi is crazy it's 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 such a cool uh fight sequence the pod racing scene actually i appreciated it more as i got older for what they did the sound effects is just yeah. unreal yeah you listen to that thing with some headphones on it's 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 crazy um obviously i can't stand jar jar i think jar jar was <laughs> just ridiculous but i do like what they did with naboo and i do like how we're introduced to uh palpatine yeah you know um as a little kid at that time Chief i had no palpatine. idea gee yeah i had no idea that he's the empire but i do like you know we get the little inklings of his um interest in anakin towards the end of the film yeah and i like that we get to see the jedi council what i like with the prequels is that we're in an era of jedi yeah um so i i, I think that's pretty cool so it sits low but that's my uh, my number eight phantom menace yeah number eight for me too phantom Crazy. Menace. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, here, here we go <laughs> it's um a lot of this too i bounce this one and the next one around a little bit here and the reason i lean a bit more on this one is 
I have a bit of nostalgia attached to this. This is the first Star Wars film, new film that I saw in theaters. Yes. I was 14 at the time of release. This is when I started collecting in a big way Star Wars. Yeah, I had some of the power of the force. But this is when I got the first new release of figures. Like I had everything. So from a collecting perspective, this one really hits home for me. And it was in my wheelhouse. When I was 14 years old, this this was made for me, this film. And I love what they do at the end with Duel of Fates, Darth, the introduction of Darth Maul. I think the positive things outweigh the negative things in this film, particularly Jar Jar Binks and some of the Gungan stuff. Yeah. But even the battle droids, I like, yeah, they're annoying, but I kind of like them as the cannon fodder army. Yeah. Yeah. And sure. going forward and all that. So Phantom Menace for me, yeah, definitely. Definitely sits at uh, number eight, low on the list. But uh, like you said, Sanjay, I think a caveat for all of this is that I don't think any of these films are bad. We're just ranking them against. I would say that there's there's a kind of a clear yes these are the definitely the superior <laughs> films and these are the ones that kind of you're bouncing around between but by no means do I think it's a bad film yeah no all right man the penultimate Star Wars film in your list number right. nine number nine I'm going with uh, Star Wars Episode Two Attack of the Clones yeah so this one here don't really remember too much about it to be honest <laughs> with you uh, this movie is just kind of there um, I didn't have like a strong negative reaction when I first saw this as opposed to my last one. Uh, on the list uh you know i feel like if i had seen this movie when it come out it may have been higher but like i've been seeing so many great like sci-fi and superhero films and like movies that are released today where the cgi and stuff are just like on point and then when you watch this for the first time as like a as a thir- as like a 30 year old and then you, you know you've seen all these movies in, in recent time you're like this one doesn't really quite hold up to some of like the great classics that we've got in recent years um, the CGI in particular, I appreciate like it was the first time I believe they used green screen for a film or like that much green screen right. for a film. Well, the landscape yeah. right, was all CGI. Yeah. So like we wouldn't have got like a lot of stuff today that we take for granted if it wasn't for this film. So like techno, uh, like, uh, not technologically, but, uh, technically, you know, I appreciate what it, what it like pushed forward in terms of cinema and that kind of thing. But for me, the story and stuff, it's just kind of there. So yeah. that's uh, number nine for me. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm there with you. Number nine is Attack of the Clones for me. Um, it was cool to see that age gap that Anakin's grown. I think it's like a 10-year, 8-year gap. So I thought that was kind of neat. I, I liked Jango Fett. I like how they brought that all together. That's cool and how they based the clone army off of him. I like that we're yeah. getting clones, Attack of the Clones. I like when we go to Genosis. Um, is it G- Genosis? Genosis, Genosis, yeah. Genosis, I think of X-Men. But <laughs> I, I like when Genosia? we go to that planet. And uh, again, I like that we get to see an army of uh, Jedis. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. I like the introduction of uh, Count Dooku or Darth Tyrannus. Uh, go up against Yoda. This is the first time we get to see Yoda. Uh, with his combat skills and that was crazy that was we've never seen any kind of combat like that before so i thought that was great uh obviously there's a lot in my opinion there's a lot more negative in this film than positive but it's weird i feel like the story was kind of cool but the surface wasn't portrayed very well yeah 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 there's i reviewed that film with uh rob cast over at tcw on the tcw roundtable recently and I was probably the most negative on it. So I'll, I'll talk a little bit about that. But my, my next year, my number nine is The Last Jedi. Yeah. Oh, well. It, yeah. It's a film that I originally had quite a bit higher on my list a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. But a subsequent rewatching, yes, I, I do like the film. I can honestly say that. But some of the issues I have outweigh, at least when you compare it against some of these other films, I don't have nostalgia. I don't have something bigger attached to this film either. So... It's not a it's not a bad Star Wars film, but I can definitely 
I definitely have more issues with this than maybe other Star Wars films. And I, I like, I really like a lot of it. I like some of most of the Luke Skywalker stuff and the space battles are great. And I think it's a good follow up to the force awakens. It just didn't land exactly the way that I wanted to. And some of that it's my fault. And maybe some of that we can put on to some of the direction that maybe even some of the characters were taken, but overall I think it, it's a good film. It's just not a great film. It's not the best film. So it, yeah, it lies pretty low on this list and that, that may change. That may be a bit more fluid with subsequent watches. I might see this kind of trickling up here and there. But overall, yeah, number nine for me is The Last Jedi. Yeah. All right. Ending this list with their number 10. I'm going to go with uh, Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. So this one here, I didn't have, like, the benefit of, like, being hyped. At it. You know, I didn't watch this when it came out when I was a teenager. Or actually, I think I was younger than a teenager. So, like, I probably would have been, like, super excited if I had been on Star Wars at that time. And it would hold a special place in my heart. The only thing I remember is, like, this coming out and people being lined up out the, out the door. And, like, seeing it at, like, Blockbuster when it came out. And I had never seen a movie, like, you know, when Blockbuster, when you had the new releases, like, they would take up, like, a whole, like, wall. This thing took up, like, the whole, like, the whole store. Like, it was crazy how many copies of Phantom Menace they had to rent. That's the only thing I remember about this movie. And then when I finally watched it, I was like, okay. Um, not quite for me. Um, some stuff, like, the like the Darth Maul stuff is really cool. And I can't remember, is this the one where um, it's, like, dark and their faces are being lit up by the lightsaber? No, that's uh, Attack of the Clones. Oh, so that's why yeah, Attack of the like Clones. Dark yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, I know yeah, what you're talking about. It's yeah. kind of weird. Yeah, yeah I, I, I like that. But, like, the fight with Darth Maul was super cool. Um, you had, like, the, the lightsaber stick from both ends. So that was pretty cool. I mean, Jar Jar, of lightsaber course. Lightsaber stick. I got to call you on that one. <laughs> well, it's not any worse than what Luke called it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, space sword. Yeah. yeah. Space. I think so they could copyright it so people could stop using Because they, they sell space swords or whatever. They're light, oh, light yeah. swords. Oh, oh really? Yeah. That's hilarious. Anyways. Um, yeah, and, like, uh, Jar Jar, of course, just not for me um the pod racing scenes are pretty cool but i just felt like this one was just like throwing like slapstick humor out of nowhere and it like would kind of take me out of it like like jar jar steps on like (laughs) stepping on poop and stuff and i'm like oh man come on (laughs) (laughs) yeah he definitely wasn't like for me but um you know what it's it's part of Star Wars lore, and it's a movie that if it's on TV, I'll actually throw on. Like I won't like change the channel. I'll be like, oh okay, and just rewatch it. Like it's it's fun, but it, it's definitely my least favorite Star Wars movie. Yeah. All right, man, number ten. All right, surprise, surprise. Number ten for me is the Last Jedi in last place. Uh, this film didn't do anything for me i've tried to convince myself i've tried to watch it over and over again. Well, I guess I've tried. I think I've seen it about four times now, and. I think that's a wrap. I don't see myself visiting this film anytime. Um, the humor just did not jive with me at all. The directions they took these characters didn't work for me, especially from what they established in The Force Awakens. For me, they feel very disjointed in the direction and vision of those two films. Um, two things I really like, actually three things I really do like is when Yoda showed up. When Yoda showed up, I had mm-hmm. a big smile on my face. I thought that was fantastic. I felt like that was very well executed and obviously the uh, the fight in the Emperor, well not the Emperor's throne, but oh, yeah. Snoke's. Oh yeah. Snoke's. Oh, that was so good. Uh, that's yeah. so I, I thought that fight was just crazy. Again, we've never seen any kind of fighting like that and the score, I feel like the score is extremely good in this film. Uh, after watching it about the second time, I really cued into the score and I love what they did, how they used the old and the new so I thought that was fantastic, but other than that, that's that's all I got to say about this film. I don't want to 
going any more into that one, but that's that's the last place of mine. You'll have to watch it without dialogue and just with the score in the background. Because, like, visually, I think this is the most beautiful film I've maybe ever seen. Some of the stuff where you got, like, the... The, the red pops. The red pops yeah. and, and the stuff going through the uh, the light speed. Who was yeah. General Holdo? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, that, yeah. That, that, that's great. I, yeah. I, I still give it to uh, to Rogue One. I feel like Rogue yeah. One, you, you nailed it the first time with the review. When you said the scale, I feel the scale is like, wow, it really brought me into the Star Wars Star Wars world uh, yeah. of seeing Rogue One, visually, yeah. at least for me. I got that score, Last Jedi score, on repeat in my car. It's, oh, it's, it's so just good. bloops. And my daughter loves it. I had this... One quick side story. I had a great experience. So I put on opening credits, like the, the opening scene. I don't know if I told this before. I may have. But uh, the with the big kind of fanfare of Star Wars. And I turned to my daughter. I said, what is this? And she goes, Star Wars. Oh, awesome. <laughs> and I went straight to the Toy Story and bought her toy. <laughs> I was like, you deserve it. I love it. Here's anyway, a cookie. Here's yeah. some milk. Here's and all of it. it here's was, $20 it was, as well. It was one of the most, like most like surreal and happy moments i've had <laughs> in relation to star wars and her like it was it was fantastic that's awesome but line at the bottom of my list here is episode two attack of the clones i, I reviewed this a couple months ago with the guys over on tsw and you know there's some really good things the obi-wan arc in here is really good yeah like that that part of the film is great the love arc between anakin and, and padme not for me i don't really love some of the stuff they did with anakin and i even think they could have done without count dooku uh, in parts of this, I think they should have kept Maul through this, and you can see that that kind of regret with the amount of times that we've seen Maul reappear Clone Wars. Yeah. in 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 all of this, in in all the stories Star storytelling in the last ten years or so, or whatever it's been. So overall, there's some really high points in this, but there's also some really low low points in this. So comparative to all the rest of the Star Wars films, yeah, this one lies at number ten for me. Well. You know what, guys? There it is. There's our top 10 Star Wars films ranked. The first nice. time we've been able to fully do that and fully vet that with 10 films. So exciting. we got another year and a half until we can add another film to this to see where that lies. But for now, our lists have been solidified. And with that being said, guys, I think it's about time to wrap this up. I said it was a short week, but we're already into kind of a normal length <laughs> podcast here. So we're going to wrap it up. We have to, first of all, again, big shout out to Sir Grabs. Congratulations on being part yes. of a bigger universe now. You are now a knight of the Commonwealth, and we look forward to continue to interact with you and for you to continue to interact with everyone over at the Star Wars Commonwealth. Now, the MCU Retrospective Series is going to be returning in i'm gonna say less than a month we got a couple episodes to record here ant-man will be coming out right before ant and the wasp we've got avengers age of ultron and guardians of the galaxy to do so look for those probably coming sometime in july as we go out on holidays going to fill some of these gaps that we have here also we have a collecting our comics and collecting podcast we're doing now with the guys over at tumbling the guys and gals i guess now over at tumbling saber that comes out once a quarter so next episode on that is going to be coming out in august so cool. very exciting stuff there and overall if you want to become a bigger part of the nerd room and a part of this show in particular make sure to email us at the at gmail.com you can hit us up on our facebook or youtube pages you can always get us on twitter our handles are at the end of the episode you can always find us also over at the nerdroom.net we post all our podcast stuff there and you can find everything else we do and everything else the Star Wars commonwealth does over at starwarscommonwealth.com calm so that was a complete mouthful guys <laughs> and before we end i just want to get my quick plug in yes definitely uh, so make sure you check out my uh weekly youtube show that we have that i have on the nerd room podcast youtube channel where i show off all my latest pickups for movies steelbooks blu-rays dvds vhs's 4ks i buy it all 
and I break down the movies and give mini reviews for each of them that I've seen or why I picked up the film if I haven't seen it. So you can check that out. I just released the latest episode with some garage sale pickups and my horror convention yeah, movies. Fantastic stuff. All right, guys. Well, until next week, I should throw this out to fan and throw this out to the listeners. Be nice to one another. Maybe exchange some positivity on Twitter. <laughs> Do the right thing. Kind of stay out of the mines or out of the trenches there. And yeah, let's just celebrate Star Wars fandom. We got a lot of exciting things to look forward to, both in Star Wars, Marvel, and DC. So if you want everything from news and reviews, make sure to come back here next week. We're going to be talking about all that stuff. So until next week, guys, for the Nerd Room, I'm Tim. I'm Troy. And I'm Sanjay. And thank you for entering the Nerd Room. (laughs) (laughs) This has been a Nerd Room Podcast production. You can find our hosts, Tim, Troy, and Sanjay, on Twitter at TheNerdRM, TroyTheBoy87, and Sunjabby. For more content from The Nerd Room, check out TheNerdRoom.net. Don't forget to subscribe to The Nerd Room on iTunes, Podbean, and YouTube. Be sure to head over to StarWarsCommonwealth.com to find more podcasts in the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network, including Talk Star Wars, Tumbling Saber, Generation X-Wing, Rogue Squadron Podcast, Skyrim Podcast, and San Diego Sabers. Follow the Star Wars Commonwealth on Twitter at SW Commonwealth and take your first steps into a larger world.